Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Grivy, here for a brief, brief introduction before today's finale of our damn dirty April Planet of the Apes marathon. I actually can't believe we made it. Um, I'm kind of sad to see it go, man. But before that, a little business. People, it's official. We're on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Pod. The absolute best way to help us grow the show, to support the show, but to get more and more specifically what you want out of this show. Every month, we let our patrons vote on their exclusive episodes. You can have us do a commentary. You can get mini series. Hell, you can talk to us all the time over on Discord. And help drive us to pick the things you want. Uh, so again, that's patreon.com slash Pod. It means the world to us that we have people uh, that support the show. So thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts. If you want to be one of those people, we appreciate it. Patreon.com slash Pod. There's plenty of stuff you can do to help the show for free if uh, financially is not an option, right? You can like, follow, subscribe to all the socials, right? Share things, retweet things, engage, that kind of stuff helps us out. You can go to the YouTube Film Alchemist. You can email the show filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. If you just want to talk to us, you have ideas for movies or themes, we love to hear all that. Go ahead, reach on out. Reach on out. Yeah, the YouTube is Film Alchemist. I might have already said that. Make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews wherever you find the pod. That helps us defeat the algorithmic insane humans that kill their own sons so they can't destroy our show, right? So five-star ratings and reviews anywhere and everywhere you listen to podcasts. That helps us out. Sorry, I have a neck injury. I look like a bobblehead doing this. Uh, also, guys, something you can do that would really help us out. If you're listening to this show, you clearly love movies. If you ha- love movies, you probably have a movie-loving friend, right? And if you've got a movie-loving friend, send them the show. Send them the show directly. Let them know that you like what we're doing. See if they do, too. We'll take it from there. We appreciate it. Oh! Right. Patreon.com slash Pot. <laughs> I got you. You thought the business was done, but it weren't. But I put it on you one more time. All right. People, it's official. We are at the end of Damn Dirty April. We end with War for the Planet of the Apes, which we learned recently is not the end of the Planet of the Apes. We have Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes coming up. There's a great documentary about the uh, makeup crew. There's plenty of more apes out there for you if you want. There's comic books, all that stuff. But we here at the Film Alchemist Pod, joined by our friend Jay Rollins, at Jay Rollins Art on all the socials, we have hit the end of our damn dirty April. So we are ending with an epic finale, right? The finale of Caesar, the finale of this trilogy, this Andy Serkis trilogy. And I would say this is as glorious a send-off as you could get for a trilogy. I'm going to make the case at the end of the show when we do our official Planet of the Apes rankings that this may be the highest that the Planet of the Apes franchise ever soared. So I hope you enjoy the show. Guys, I hope if you can support the show, Film Alchemist, uh, or Patreon.com slash Film Alchemist Pod, or if you can help Jay, Jay Rollins Art, uh, at Jay Rollins Art on all the socials. Wonderful guy, man. It means the world to us that Jay made so much time. Podcasting seems like we just turn it on and go. It actually takes a lot of work, right? And so for Jay to carve out all that time in his busy schedule to talk to us for nine fucking movies. Uh, I know I speak for Alex when I say we love Jay very much. He's a, a good friend to us, and we also appreciate that he made all the time. So we got to do this wonderful journey with you guys as well. So thanks again to Jay, at Jay Rollins Art, everywhere you uh, find art stuff or anywhere you find social stuff. He's out there, man. He's done some awesome commissions for me. So he also did the Damn Dirty April art that you've seen. So Jay's a very talented guy. I'm sad to see it go, but what a fucking way to go out. So I hope you guys enjoy the last film in Damn Dirty April, War. 
for the planet of the apes. I can't help thinking somewhere in the universe there has to be something better than man. Not like what you find. You blew it up! God damn you! God damn you all hell! It's a manhouse! A manhouse! Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty... April! I'm just kidding, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a movie that every time they show Caesar in close up for the whole movie, you're like, that guy's having a cigarette right now. <laughs> Caesar that's what, needs that's, cigarettes. That's what every one of my fellow smokers. That's what we look like when we're outside. It's like, why do we do the things that we do? <laughs> we're just ripping cigs and like trying. You know what to the look is? Man. You know what the oh, look like, is? It's when he's on the beach. <laughs> they're they're like on the beach uh, on the horses and they're walking. And he's like staring down that little <laughs> mute girl and he's just like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's even got those red ass eyes. He's been up all night smoking and drinking. <laughs> but yeah, I gotta say, re this is the first time I had seen War since the theater, and I don't know why, but I remember this being a pretty subpar movie. Like my recollection of it, I went back. I think I had rated it like only a three out of five or something. Like I, just, I just didn't work for me. I watched it last night. And I think there's a really good case. This is the best movie they ever made in the Planet of the Apes franchise. I know what you're saying. This movie is fucking stunning. The, the, the only it, argument I could make against this being the best Planet of the Apes is that it requires you to bring stuff from the other movies. But other than that, I mean, this movie is damn near flawless. Yeah. yeah. Um. What I was, I felt the exact same way. I think I know why we were disappointed when it came out and it's uh the um the promotional material for it was like and the great battle is about to happen <laughs> and and then it's just like it's slower apocalypse now yeah and more they thoughtful. even said it's ape apocalypse now yes yeah it's somehow and i remember it being i remember that trailer for uh dawn was like well that had the metalist fuck like hunting scene yeah so you're like whoa <laughs> and i think i agree like the war like all the lead up to war was you're like oh man are they gonna land this plane in like the way that you land a plane during a storm or are we gonna like get this one? here's the thing now they landed it so well i'm actually like i don't even want kingdom of the planet of the apes anymore. that's what i thought too like it needs to be its own new thing because like i don't see where you go with this like series right so but this is i was just struck by right because they also have this super metal opening of the soldiers attacking the trench mm -hmm. we see that there are like ape traders now who have been kind of usurped by these military people right so they call them donkeys right and make yeah. them like work for them so now you're adding this whole extra layer of kind of like societal world building right it's classic plan of the apes but the thing that just fucking, like, lands on you in this one, right? When you kind of do your journey with Rocket and Maurice, uh, Luca, and Caesar, right? As they're kind of on their journey. The amount of character work and empathy that we've built up with these characters that rarely speak. 
is fucking so, like Maurice ends this movie, and you're like, Maurice is probably my favorite character in Maurice any of the. Maurice is Planet my Aids favorite movies. character in this. By full the end of this movie, series. but like Luca's not like a character we spend three movies like really getting to know. Yeah. He's got like real fucking ethos. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's incredible what they achieved with those those characters by the end of this franchise. That's the whole first half is just yeah. the apes going on a journey to yeah. they don't even know where. Um, the whole second half of the movie is internment camp. Uh, yeah. That's its own thing. Okay, so the 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 thing that dawned on me. Uh, put it, <laughs> red, it. red letters in case we forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it was this this thing of like the thing that happens to me when I watch the original trilogy of Star Wars, where I'm just I. I when I do like a little marathon and I'm like Empire Strikes Back is the best movie that ever happened. Okay, let's do the let's do the next one that's pretty fun. It's like, ah, oh, this is the one with the Emperor. Are we kidding? This is fucking awesome. I love Dude, this Dude, I movie. I am one of like the hardest Jedi defenders cuz that's the one people shit on a lot. Fucking well, love that movie. Because it's got parts that um sort of yeah. uh, don't don't matter, but it's also the, I'm the most the pro power. Ewok person who's ever existed. The Ewoks are great, but they're, Luke, a, or, uh, they're a brutal warlike race that took down robots with logs, dude. How can that you part's not like great. That? that part's great. Leia and Han Wub, have Wub. no character development in that movie. That's the only problem. But like, no, the they're pretty like, much the only thing that they end with is like Han, is Han realizing, whoa, she definitely. They're stuck in that boulder slowly. Will they? Won't they? Right? We're like we're in this like kind of pause with them. But yeah, you know, as I soon think... as that movie ends, you're like, oh, yeah, dude. Thank God they live above the ground level because it's about to be well, flooded. Now it's like, oh, cool, they will. And also at the end, you realize I also might have to swing with her brother. I'm not cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, Luke's got a higher road, dude. Incest <laughs> is not for him anymore. He was a simple farm boy who didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how they do it on the farm. You get You get off the farm, you see the big city, like, you know, things happen. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But like the director being like, what if she had a pretty dress and she cried a little? <laughs> That's not who Leia is. I'm just saying. I can't tell you. Shit happens. As we learn in this movie. Good. Yeah, as we learn in this movie, shit happens during war, guys. Shit happens. Yes. Yeah, a real war movie. But like that's that's how I felt about it is just like I think um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is such a perfect movie that I forget how amazing this one is. You know what's weird, though, is that this one feels like it just steps it up from Dawn. Because, like, this one, yeah. that one has the weird, like, he goes back to his house, and it's got kind of this weird, like, 30-minute dead spot. Mm -hmm. I feel like this one doesn't. This one Woody feels Harrelson, like... Woody Harrelson's character is so much more engaging than any of the humans in Dawn. Yeah. Oh, like, he, has, yeah. Like, he has, like, a real, like, crystal clear read on the situation, right? Like, there's none of this kind of squishy... What are we doing, right? He is a true blue, I'm the bad guy, but I think what I'm doing is right. And it just gives this extra level, right? Mm -hmm. And then we get we get so much more character work because Koba is amazing mm -hmm. in Dawn, right? And I love the addition of the ghost of Koba haunting Caesar in this oh, movie. Yeah. Those scenes so are good. great when he's just, you know, ape, not kill ape. Or like when Caesar's like racked up, dude, on that kind of crucifix thing. And he's like, you can't save them. All the apes die here. And he's like, join me, brother. I was like, fuck. Koba the... is like going to be a hard hill to surpass Doesn't for it, this movie. It feels like for this like $100 million production, you're like, 
did just no studio head like walk on set and was like, hmm, I don't know about that. We're not gonna be able to sell any toys for like, oh, uh, fuck off, get out of here. Buy your ghost Kobo with, with karate chop action. How did they get away with this? Uh, because this Matt Reeves it, told him to fuck off. It is kind off. of the great mystery of these two movies. They got to make these really kind of, you know, spiritual really, war movies. Yeah, really right? like Which does metal. Not seem like what these would be. I think like, I said yeah. this before, but it was like. It was a perfect time when Fox could do whatever it wanted just because, like, every, Fox they, were, was, they were drowning. Everybody else had a franchise. Yeah. Fox was, was on the verge. They knew they were going to They knew they were gonna get bought, I think, probably. So they were like, well, I mean, what, what could possibly go wrong at this point? We're already about to get. Well, I'm just saying, in, like, the franchise we've even seen after this, right? Like, imagine if they had this kind of, like, actually examining things kind of kind of reality, right? Well, like, when's the last now time? now we don't really dig in on a franchise level behind a very right. surface, John Wick's sad because of his dog. Four movies of murders, right? And it's Whatever. Like, That's great. That's but, like, great. When's, but when's the last time besides John? Like, John Wick is obviously, like, an action movie, and that's, like, it's got a lot of adult right, but stuff. Kinda but, kind of so like, is this, man. It is, but, like, this movie is also, like, these three movies are so not built for children, like, at all. Yeah, right. Well, every it's like the big movie... comparison is, like, Marvel, right? Well, it I, it was not even Marvel. Like, any franchise that comes out, the idea is that you, you like, you get the entire run of the demographics. Right. Planet Dude, of the this... Apes, these three Planet of the Apes movies are so specifically for people who love Planet of the Apes and adults 30 to 75 or whatever the fucking demo is. Like, <laughs> like, it is a trilogy of movies that is like, they're they're huge popcorn budget films that are about like the pathos and the life of a warrior. And like, yeah. it's the, incredible. The entire saga of a man's life. We watch That's him it. be born. We watch him rise. We watch him become a leader. We watch him fight to the death. We watch his whole epic journey happen. And it's uh, amazing. We see his what do you mean I can't have an iPad, mom? We see that yeah. phase. You yes, know I mean? no, and I like, you know, it's <laughs> it's what it's what adults who still really love Harry Potter think Harry Potter is, where it's sort of like yeah, cute. That's a great way to put it. Darker. That's a great way to put it, yes. Well, I mean, That's, you see Caesar at the start yeah. of this, and it's like wearing on him. Yeah, because well, now no, he's, he's this got wartime leader, he's right? Got he's gray, all fucked, he's got the grays. Out. Yeah, gray he's smoking puzzle. Marlboro Reds now. He's like, I don't even yeah. give a fuck, dude. He's just <laughs> trying to exist. But we start off with that fucking awesome opening, right? With this assault on the trench, and we see him walking through, and they're just like peeling like injured and dead apes out of everywhere, right? It's like thirty-six of us got killed. Sorry, with the with the text that came on. Anybody else hear a little ping of Griffy cream in his jeans? Because that's like his like that's that's how you're gonna get Griff to sit through a movie. When text comes on screen like at the top of a film, that is gonna get Griff in that. the theater in the seat. Once you get it. Griff in the pocket with the opening with the opening uh, reads, that's that's how we know Griffy's gonna sit for the movie. Yeah, that's how I'll sit for the rest of the two and a half hours of your movie is reading. <laughs> But oh yeah, uh, if I anybody know, I know. wants to go back to the Monster Squad episode, he talks very deeply about that part. <laughs> I love an opening scroll, dude. Cut out the I, like first like fifteen minutes of bullshit you're gonna film. I know. Put McGriff. it on like two pages of text, and then start the movie where the good shit is. 
neither here nor there. But I love Caesar walking in, right? And he's got these POWs. He's got this traitor gorilla who is. We find that like Koba's Koba's faction, yeah, scattered, right? Because they were they're afraid all, of what would happen. They're the donkeys. after they saw Caesar murder Koba, <laughs> and then they're like, "All right, we're gonna work for the humans now, right?" So Shit, we I see this. Ape will this, kill Ape. I think they go. call him Red Haired Donkey in the yeah. closed captions, right? But we see him. He's like, "I'm not afraid of you." But he's he's working for the humans. And there's this great moment where Caesar's sitting there with these POWs, and you just see him just kind of like watching, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, how did it come to this? He has to decide what to do with these people, right? What to do with this gorilla. And he sets them free. Why the fuck? This is kind of a continual thing that happens in this movie. Is Caesar just making questionable at best decisions, right? Like, they're, they're somewhat justified in the world. It's not like a horror movie, right? Where it's like, let's run to the basement with no windows. Right. Why the fuck does he set these people he's, free? To me, he's trying to. Well, for one, that one is like the 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 opener when he sets those guys free. He's trying to. He's trying to say like, okay, great. Like like he says to Maurice, he's like, they're they're gonna see that we're not savages. But yeah. he Which, again, knows. Is the but dumbest. He knows. Again, it's not a good plan. It's not a good plan. He's trying to be "quote unquote" the bigger man, even though he knows that that's not what's going to work. Like it's this, it's this catch twenty two. Like he either kills them, and everybody knows that Caesar kills, or he tries to be the better quote yeah, man. He's got I mean, he's Caesar got killed the other thirty ground. of them. He's trying to take the moral high ground, but they no one the ever gives soldiers. him that. What I'm saying is, you can try to be magman- magnanimous, whatever. Sure. They already killed the other 30, right? Sending the three, like, you know, survivors back. And also, he knows that this is going to lead them directly to where their base is, right? He knows there are women and children there. They're trying to find a way out. Why not just keep them? Why not just feed them? I mean, this is one of those where it's, <clears throat> it feels, cause it's like, is it literally just because he called them animals, right? And he's like, I'll prove a point. But why? And to who? Right, like th- this moment in the movie is kind of the one hardest moment to swallow. Right, you cannot. There is no part of me that believes fully that Caesar's like this is going to help our cause. I don't think he thinks it's going to help their cause, or at least he he tells himself it's going to help his cause. But yes, it's because right. they're called animals. We saw his entire life. We saw him when he was a teenager. What made him the most like I? I hurt myself today, sad, looking in the mirror, looking at this little cutout. Was <laughs> he was like, lovely, yeah. He grew was up like, I'm not an animal, not yet a human. All I need is time. And he... Wow. <laughs> We're doing Britney quotes. This is a good pod. I am stoked. It's Caesar, bitch. It's Caesar, bitch. <laughs> Caesar, bitch? No, yeah, that's Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but it's... He, Daddy didn't care. It's Caesar, What bitch. is... Um, what is I'll, I'll i'll teach you how to say what is caesar sound like with what is caesar caesar by the way is a c on his head like a crown right? um coba oh, okay. is a is a k into a fist this means strong that's cool. actually perfect yeah uh but like yes uh so what is caesar is the whole crux of his psychology and why he does everything that he does from the first movie to this one and he's honestly not a war tactician at all if he was he he can't keep saying this is our forest just right. leave the forest alone that's not what they're gonna do 
they could just keep walking. Mm-hmm. They did and, develop some tactics, though, right? They have these smoke bombs. They've learned archery or, you know, something along those lines, right? They yeah. keep their cavalry in. For They've learned, like, they, like, watch Gladiator. So this is what I'm like, saying. Clearly, they've that. had a lot of these incidents yeah. with which to develop a tactical response. So there is this point where it feels a little bit like Caesar is clinging to this ideal, right? They're like, Isn't we that... can still make this work, but he has to know... Isn't that the greatness of the character, though? Like, that's the, that's that pride cometh before the fall thing about Caesar that's so fascinating to watch. Because we see him, he's got the grays, he's clearly exhausted, he has a family, like, he has things to look out for. So, yeah, I agree. Like, the logic is, every, he's the leader. The logic is, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I think... That's like the what flies in the face of that's what flies in the face of logic is hubris. And I think he's just doing what every other it's fascinating because you think about it, he's just doing what every other person would do, which is I'm staying like to stand your ground and protect your land essentially. Is if you this, guys were in my tribe though, like if you lived in my tree village, I'm throat I'm throat throat slicing every one of those dudes. Well, no, I appreciate that. I mean you're a good friend. That's to nice save of you. you but- to save you and Hank and Jay and his colored pencils, I'm slicing throats to save you guys. Well, and that's the issue with uh, Caesar's never in moral like high ground. Is yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he only fights defensively. That's yeah. why I say he's not a military tactician. He's not ready to see their weakness yeah. and take them out. And he's always a, he's a survivalist. And he doesn't find out until the end that his enemy is not looking to win so that he can gain land. His enemy knows that his entire species is going to be gone and he's going to let the human race die in a blaze of glory and he's going to take the apes with him. Right. There is something about hearing him say, like, he is more than a man. He's everything to these people. Right. The colonel is this thing. He's a god. And he's just like, we'll be cool. I let these dudes go. And I think this is the moment of the movie that like really launches it to the next level is we see him pay an immediate and a brutal price. That scene where Caesar and the Colonel lock eyes and both of their glances look down to bright eyes and his wife, Cornelia, whoever his wife's character name was one of his many wives. As we see later, Lake was for sure. Like wife number three. Neither here nor there, but we see Caesar and the Colonel lock eyes on his wife and his son slain. And you see everything in Caesar. He reverts back to his most primal form, and he's like, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. And I think him having to suffer those immediate, because it's not 36 dead members of his tribe now. No. Right? That he can kind of, like, rationalize away. That's his, 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 his son and his wife. And he sees the, that immediate price for his complacency, for his, you know, I didn't start the war, COVID did. Like, this whole kind of, like, false reality he's been crafting between movies. Yeah. And it is so fucking brutal of a moment. I mean, it's absolutely devastating. You can sort of see how he fights in general in the first movie. Yeah. Because he, so when he's first put into the sanctuary... And uh, who was it? Rocket? Somebody rips his um, 
close Rocket's the one who first like ripped his Paddington sweater and then he made him <clears throat> ripped his Paddington sweater. He just sort of takes it and waits and then takes him out later mm-hmm. because he could think. But what got him into that sanctuary in the first place was seeing somebody hurt his family. Um, he uh, John Lithgow, he jumps out the window and he just yeah. starts biting and just starts attacking. He'll he can he can think things through if it's against him, but if it's against his family or against his tribe, he goes red, and he just does what right, happens. Right. It is like the most. It's fascinating because it is like the most human reaction. Like I mean, like even watching it last night, I had uh, Andre and I were sitting down. I had just like visceral emotional reaction watching that yeah. scene. Like I was just like, I think I'd probably be doing the same shit. I mean. There's no oh, yeah. tactician. There's no survivalist. Like if someone, if I came home and saw like my wife and kid down, I'd be like, and you saw someone who did is it? someone is going to die. Like looking yeah. eye to eye with them, you're like, I'm going to kill this you're guy or get fucking killed. Dead. Absolutely. That'd be better than having to just live with it, right? Like there is kind of almost a suicide run version of what Caesar's oh, doing here. That's exactly what this is. There's nothing when he sends the tribe off, and he dude says, oh my god. Like, that's a great point. In that moment, yeah. he literally hands he off knows. the son he has left. He hands off Cornelius, right? Yeah. Because I think there is this beautiful thing, right? It takes him a long time in the movie to realize there's so much more that he has to live for. Be it his 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 boys, right, that are running with him. Mm-hmm. Be it the rest of this tribe, right? There's still a life where the apes yeah. could have just gone to that oasis right and he could have been a good father to that one kid he still got five other wives like this could have been fine but he just cannot and this is kind of his journey through the movie as him saying i am like koba he finally confesses it he says i too cannot forgive or let go of my hatred and so there's this real like they put him in this place where the heavy is the head that you know lies upon the crown or whatever or crown that lies upon the head whatever but it's it's more for him. It's just brought down. I think the high level, like he just stands up and gives people that bitch face. I, I think that honest, part's man. easy. But now it's in his house. I think it's a different. It's a baser level than that, though. Like to me, it's having to. And this is like what we've been talking about the entire series. Is it's having to admit that you. It's having to admit this human part of yourself, mm. like. Not wanting to be that level, like wanting to rise above it, wanting to be different than the people who essentially brought you into this world. It's this parenting thing. Like, I want my kid to be better than me all the time. But like when you have to essentially stoop to the level of your captors, your jailers, those kinds of things. But at the same time, you have to admit that there's a piece of you that's so uniquely human which simply is revenge. Cause like to me, the, when he sends Cornelius off with Lake, that's when I'm like, this is a fucking revenge movie straight up. Like we are not even like, we are not even doing like, and that's what I again, that is what Matt Reeves understood with this whole thing is he's like, I don't have to do a big sweeping, like return of the Kingness to the end, this whole thing. What I need to do is make this as simple as possible. And the simplest thing is to give Caesar the only motivation he has left that he hasn't given into, which is revenge. So for him to finally give yeah. into that and become become a me- uh, instrument of vengeance is uniquely human. 
Well, there's an element of, right, like we see him in the first one. There's kind of this revenge element, right, when he doesn't go with Franco. He's like, I'm going to smarten up my my co-prisoners and we're going to get the fuck out of here, right? And the fact that he does it at noon, right, so he knows that humans will, like, have to see it. I think what you see in this one, though, is it's so much easier to be that guy on the Golden Gate Bridge to lead these revolutions, these bloody demonstrations, when you don't have a wife and kids and you don't have yeah. stakes, you know, you're like, if they kill me, fine. Like, it's better than being locked up and being, you know, this creature that doesn't have a place in the world. When he has to see other people that he cares for suffer specifically for that, I think I think that's what makes it harder. And so, yeah, there is this this kind of strange pull on him. Yeah. Right. That he wants revenge so much that now he's willing to sacrifice and like orphan his other remaining son. Right. We immediately see him then orphan another human child. Right. You're sitting there and you're doing you're doing exactly what you're doing. What you're doing is the selfish thing. You're doing the most you you doing the most human thing you can, which is make it under the guise of this, like, you know revenge fantasy essentially but you're sending your only child left off with your group and saying like i gotta go see about a thing yeah. you're like dude that is your family that kid needs you like that would like that's Leaving the leader. all of them unprotected right from that's their, the like, leader thing warriors. the leader thing is to swallow that and say i'm gonna you know what he does is something that is so <laughs> again they, it's like they do it's it so, so baseline well because it, when, it's so when good. he when he gets there it's not John Wick. It's not I'm going to take everybody out. It's I oh. didn't know that was your son. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm just fighting a war here. I had a yeah. son myself. You know, it was it wasn't this big epic meeting of them. But everything that happens to Caesar brings him closer and closer to Woody Harrelson's mindset. Yeah. To the point mm-hmm. like that we don't even know as the audience until he lays it out in like this uh this beautiful apocalypse now let me describe my life moment yeah and you realize you know who woody harrelson is because you saw caesar go through it yeah and the two are meeting in the middle both of them don't care if they live it's possible woody harrelson is the first human being I've given a shit to watch in these movies since <laughs> Charlton Heston. Oh, he's so like, good. He but is he, yeah. so and I think this is something because Woody Woody Harrelson doesn't do Woody Harrelson doesn't do like I don't know how to describe this cuz like do I think vaccines. <laughs> <That's not good>. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want that 5G, dude. Woody Harrelson is so I think we're so used to seeing Woody Harrelson do like Zombie Land and stuff like that, like things where he does not have to do a lot of this. To when follow up finally... on my joke that you hated, I'll let you finish. It's not a movie where Woody definitely needs. You don't a vaccine. have to finish, you know. That's all I'm gonna say. Woody should have got the vaccine in this movie. That's all I'm gonna say. Go ahead. <laughs> he didn't need it. He was immune. What I think's interesting about his performance as the Colonel is how often we don't get to see Woody Harrelson do movies like this. Like yeah. it's like. It's basically he just a true detective and then came over and did this. And, like, he's so good in these kinds of roles that we – again, he's funny. He's a really fun, great comedic actor. We just forget, though, that he can Caesar, absolutely throw Caesar, I just want you to down. stop saying odd shit. 
<laughs> Forget it. <laughs> no, I'm saying I, I'm with you though, right? Because he's essentially doing like a working man's Kurtz. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's not he's not this like well-read philosophical guy. He's he's this thing because he has this, you know, this great him and Caesar, that's the scene of the movie. Them just mind to mind, right? Yeah. And he says essentially in paraphrase, right? You'll eventually replace us. That's the law of nature. Nature's punishing us. Uh, and then he starts talking about how his son went on one of the like missions, right? Mm-hmm. And his son started to become primitive like an animal. Yeah. And then the doctor had a theory before he went primitive, right? That the disease is mutating. This is setting us up for planet the world of, of the very first planet of the age, yeah. right? Where the humans were mute, right? Physically, they're fine, but something is taking away their faculties, right? Right. And he said... um, the disease is killing us and robbing us of what makes us human. Right. And he says it was a moment of clarity and he had to put a gun to his son's head. And he said through his primitive eyes, I still saw that he trusted or loved me. <clears throat> right. And he said, and I pulled that trigger and I was cleansed. And you're like, that is that's some Kurt metal. Shit. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking, that's a metal bad guy moment where he's yeah. like, I shot my own fucking son for the good of all of mankind, right? Right or wrong. That, that's his belief. That act. Right, and it's the exact opposite of, of what we saw Caesar. Yeah. Right, because Caesar is like, I'm going to kill the whole world and probably all of my apes because I want to avenge my son. Right. So it's this perfect fucking ships passing in the night moment. Mm-hmm. And Caesar has to sit there and kind of fucking bask in the road he was on. Yeah. But it dude, this- Woody Harrelson in that moment, you're like, because it, and again, you can understand his train of logic. He's not just like a guy. He's not the bad guy from Mad Max Fury Road just shooting guns, right? Yeah. He's like, I want my tit milk. Like, you understand exactly where where Woody Harrelson's character is. Yeah. These are. It kind of makes sense. This is an existential these decision. These are deep, for him. existential, a lot of subtextual things. Like, for me, like, I remember seeing the theater and walking out, and that speech really stuck with me. Like, like Alzheimer's is a really big thing in my family. And I was like, wow, that is pretty much how you feel is like it's that robs you of like the thing that makes you uniquely you. And, you know, again, it's like one of those things you're like, I do see like I've had two grandparents go through it and that kind of thing. And I'm like, I do both of them were like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like it is this like uniquely justified. Like I'm tired of this. I, I tire of this world. And yeah, it's, it's pretty fat. Like again, it's one of those things where you hear that speech, and in any other movie, it probably rings false. But there's something so true to a man seeing the end of the road, and you're like, "This is the end of existence." That's the gut punch of this movie because the first movie was all about a pandemic that just kills people. Yeah, and um, the human characters i don't you you can relate to some of them sometimes but mostly you sure. want to go like where's what's caesar up to right exactly because like you know i've seen zombie movies or whatever um i've seen apocalypse movies this is we are i i have to watch slowly as the human race disappears and i get to look at the faces of the empty shells of what humans used to be yeah it's better than a zombie movie because they don't they turn into animals but they turn into sweet little dummies yeah they don't turn into attack dogs 
That's so much. Yeah, fun. well, he says we'll be cattle, right? We're just going to be out there grazing and surviving. And the real fun part of this movie is what do they turn into before they become cattle, right? In this desperate last attempt. Because it's kind of what Koba, or uh, what Caesar says to uh, the donkey, right? When the donkey's like, you know, I save myself. I, I take care of myself. And he goes, is there even anything left to save? Right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're looking at with all of these human characters, right? As we see them... You know, the blood waters the grass, and we make the blood, and, rah, 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 and they're just fucking screaming. Rah, rah. And fucking, dude, what a great choice. Woody Harrelson's just up there shaving his head. That's a straight, like a bad up, straight up hurts. Just yes. fucking bad as shit, dude. Just, I'll shave my head as you talk about watering my lawn with blood. Let's go. Uh, but you are, you're like, what is there left to save of humans? Yeah. If this is it. We're watching them run, essentially, a, you know, an internment camp. They're killing their own. We see that they've sent other of their brethren out and shot them because they think they have the disease. Right. Nova's dad was one of them. Right. He ends up getting got. So it's like, what are what is there like? What does Woody Harrelson even think is the value in in this world that he's saving? He's not. And so I, I think it's those extra I levels. He, that I don't just think make it's a value. A I think it's a suicide mission. Yeah, he's I, not I agree. Anything. He's he's doing one last. Uh, you could call it a a magic ritual. Uh, one last humanity was here moment yeah. we're not oh, that's gonna you don't think he thinks he can like kill night. the apes and like no way. defend the attack i don't and, think like, it has anything be, to do like, with that i agree with jay this is about like just this is about leaving your stamp this is about writing on the wall yeah humanity was here i agree okay because he, he knows where he knows where there's two choices for him like he wants to die before all this happens yeah he knows that Humanity is just going to slowly get dumber and dumber and dumber, which is for uh, a soldier. Uh, that's just humanity uh, giving up. Yeah. But through no fault of their own, but we're just going to, we're just going to slowly turn into sheep. He wants to be the wolf one last time, one battalion of wolves. He wants it to be, I mean, this is not that's what he says out blood. loud, but he wants, he wants this last stand of humanity to be a horror story that apes tell their children for thousands of years. Damn. Right. I like so that. the thousands of years later, we make sure we keep them in cages because otherwise yeah. they'll rise up against us. Like it's, this was Dr. Zayas's favorite book when he was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm taking this into the other room. Like that's Dr. Zayas, you know, as a young, as mommy a young turn lad. on the night light. The Colonel will get me. <laughs> Dandino, you were saying he doesn't play roles like this that often, but this is the same character he played in Reign of Fire. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying he can't do absolute <laughs> dope. In Reign of Fire? That, that was a that was McConaughey. Oh shit. Yeah, McConaughey's yeah, the McConaughey. baldy. McConaughey's baldy. You know what? That's He's fair though. Dragon Hunter, you're right, you're right. To be fair though, same accent, pretty much same guy. All right. <laughs> pretty much same guy. They're both truly detectives, right? It makes perfect sense. <laughs> They're both true detectives. They both. No, they're truly detectives, right? They both. They the, just they hammer both, truly. They both smoke a lot. Both smoke oh, a lot of weed and talk like this, man. Yeah, you know. Hey, man, can I get another one of them wild fruit punches like you? <laughs> I'll take a truly if a you don't mind. Circle, yeah. All right, all right, all right. I'll take that <laughs> truly. Dude, I would love to get hammered. Hey, on Hey, Caesar, with how you doing, man? Woody Harrelson. Caesar, how you doing? Joints and like solve the mysteries of life. I actually wear the beast, man. You know. Now I really want. Now I really want to see this with McConaughey as the. 
Hey, Caesar, how you doing? Ape strong together, but is anyone together? Think about hey, that, apes. Ape's not be strong together. I don't know. He's just sitting there cutting his stuff apart. He goes, did you, do you know what we were before you were smart, before you were tall? <laughs> everything begins and everything ends. One day, your children are going to travel back in time. God try damn, Try to stop all great. this from happening. But... Just staring at your esophagus this <laughs> yeah. whole impression. Dude. I gotta tell you, Jay, <laughs> watching. I gotta get close to the map. This is good. This is really. This that was that was. I felt that that was really nice. It was good, man. I don't know. I, I mean, We're to g- me, Woody Harrelson's kind of the like thing that makes this movie leap above. Again, right? there are just these because you care like, about a human character. But when Caesar shows Pretty up. Rare. And he's caught, right? He's just seen these other apes crucified. He's like, no, God, no. Yeah. And he's being brought into the camp, and he goes, what have I done, right? Woody Harrelson's the one that makes him, like, that rubs his nose in it for the rest of the movie, essentially, right? But that scene when they're, like, working to build this wall. And Caesar does what Caesar does. He cannot sit and just watch injustices unless he's the one committing them. And he he fucking screams, leave him be. Like, let him go. Let him go. And we watch... Woody Harrelson have a gun to his head, right? Like, if they don't get back working, I'm going to shoot you. He shoots this orangutan who fell and hurt himself. There's a small part of me in that moment that Caesar's like, please, God, pull the trigger. Like, just fucking kill me. Right? I don't think it's until later in the movie when Nova brings him food and water and the other apes do the, you know, apes together strong. I think in that moment, he finds resolve because of Rocket's bravery and this and that. I think in that worker's moment, though, I think it's such a great moment for this trilogy because we're watching caesar do what he's done these whole movies which is say no yeah but i think in that moment he honestly hopes that the colonel shoots him and just maybe martyrs him but i think he's fucking done i think he's spent oh yeah that point. well that's exactly why he does that though he's literally like fuck this like i'm not gonna do because he's right back to where he started in rise yeah. like he's in the same position he was and he's like i've been here before Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this differently this time. Like, it's not going to be this, this I feel time, sorry for myself thing. This time has real stakes. And, you know, something that he never really says or even looks like he feels is he did this. Yeah. He did this. He killed off humanity. He did. This, this is his fault. And well, he, he says he, that Koba is the one that started the war, but he's directly responsible for what Koba did. Yeah. Yeah. He made Koba. I think it's hard for him to accept that in this, like in this movie, I think he finally comes to accept the guilt of all of that. Instead of just, why didn't I see it? I think he literally is saying, why did I drive Koba to this? Right. Cause one of the better scenes too (laughs) is when they catch winter, right? The fucking ape that betrayed. That might be my favorite scene in this movie, man. Oh, it's so good. It's so incredible. Winter, Cause he's just like, again, he's at the fire. He's fucking scared. He's rightfully scared. Why did you let them go? They're going to come fucking get us. We got to leave tonight. Yeah. And he gets a little puffed up with uh, bright eyes. And Caesar fucking stands up and does his, like, you know, resting bitch face. And you see Winter cower and shriver, shrivel. And you see that the other apes are kind of, like, looking at him now, like, oh, this guy, this fucking guy. Yeah. It makes perfect sense that he would then go and, like, make a deal to save himself. And so Winter is another... We see Caesar specifically, through his actions, create another fucking traitor, another defector, right? So Caesar keeps creating these people with his leadership style and refuses to learn the lessons right. of Koba. 
And so when they're going after Winter, right, in that moment when he's like, they killed my son and wife, and you see Winter like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. He's just scared. He's not sitting there like, I'm a fucking gorilla. I'm going to fucking fight all no, you and take my like, chances. He's fucking scared. Because he knows Which in is that the moment. logical response to this fucking clash of societies. Yeah. And Caesar just has no seeming empathy, right? When he slowly just kills him and chokes him to death. He's just like, well, look at this piece of shit. And it's like, Caesar, you are the one who fucking put him here. You yeah. are the one who fucking led the colonel to your wife and kid. You did that, Caesar. And it's watching him have to constantly learn that lesson this whole movie. That all the fucking dead people and civilian or chimps or whatever, gorillas in this movie, this movie franchise, almost all come back to his doorstep. I mean, Franco killed the human race. But everything after that was Caesar. Yeah. Like, how did he not learn the lesson of the fucking dam from the last movie? Right? Mm -hmm. Why are you fucking trusting humans again? You killed your wife and son. Right? And watching him for the whole movie just sit there fucking but, bloodshot well, eyes having to learn that lesson. I don't crazy. think he's trusting humans at all. When you send them back and you say, they're the message, they'll understand that we're not savages. Well, he's not trusting the humans. He's he's trusting he's them the, to do the right. He's, he's trusting them to, you know, want to be. He's trusting them to want to end the war. He's he's. They're not going to do that. Again, it's foolhardy. I agree, but it's one of those things where he's trying to do the higher ground thing, and he's again, he's right, the only he one. The last movie, he just he's he the can't only get out one of his trying own to do. He's the only one trying to do higher ground, and right. no one will give him the higher ground. He can't even take it. Like he's just like he's the first Obi Wan who lost with the higher ground. I agree. <laughs> Did Obi Wan really lose with the higher ground? No, Obi Wan won because he didn't fucking help build electrical dams and shit. Did he really, <laughs> did he really win? But he ended up back I on think, Tatooine. I think Caesar's Obi Wan not... uh, the humans to be better, and they're not. I think you know I mean? the reason you know you have to have him like that in the movie, so that we have a moral. Agreed. center it's a moral compass our, thing wrap our little hearts around but the he, like he should have been more like koba at this point he yeah. should just say humans uh, are the enemy end of story i mean they are they are specifically and that's why adding nova to the movie was i think kind of a stroke of brilliance right mm -hmm. one it's this great throwback right when he hands her the chevy nova tag <laughs> i was like oh that's fucking awesome the first time we hear Maurice use his voice is when he goes, Nova. And it was a yeah. fucking brilliant moment. But I think she adds this wonderful additional layer to this war film, right? Because a lot of war films are, war is bad, but we've got other guys trying to kill us. Let's fucking kill each other, right? So in a way, they're kind of this roundabout justification <laughs> for war. Which is one of the things I hate about war movies, right? Anything that feels propaganda-y to me, where it's like, war's okay, right? You just don't understand, but we need wars. Like, no, we don't. I'm out on that. By adding Nova to the middle of this movie, you can't, because we already are on the sides of the, the apes, right? That's where we, the audience, sit. We want them to be left alone and live in that, that forest, but they can't. When Caesar fucking wastes Nova's dad, and then he's just going to leave her to die to the elements, right? We see that hardening in him. And Maurice is just like, dude, I can't leave yeah. this kid. That's probably my right? favorite. Probably my favorite Maurice moment is when they find Nova and oh. Caesar's got the gun pointed. Oh, with he's the just doll? like, oh. 
Oh, the slow. The slow. Lo- I'm like, that is the that is the Maurice moment we've wanted for when, three when movies. Maurice is the Fox, best. You He's the best. But that's oh what I mean. God. Just a character who just, he doesn't have to overdo it. They've just, for three movies, built this perfect character. And that's the moment where Maurice kind of starts guiding his own ship a little bit as a mm-hmm. character. And it makes him amazing. It's awesome. That's that, that moment of him just handing her the doll, petting the doll. I mean, that it's just quiet. It's a quiet, simple yeah. moment with no dialogue, and it's just fucking... That's what this franchise does when it's at its best, or those kind of ape and human are just... There is no, you know, apes are human-like. They're just things that are alive and have empathy for other things that are alive. That's why I hope in Kingdom that they have a statue of Maurice and they call him the lawgiver. Oh, dude. Oh, Honestly, man. I was like, is he going to be the new king? In the the original apes, right? The orangutans are kind of at the highest rung of society. Yeah. Is this why? Is Maurice the first one? Yeah, maybe Maurice does become this lawgiver. I mean, I love that because he's there in the in dawn teaching all the kids because he's seen it all. Maybe that's what it is because he's seen the whole thing. He would be the lawgiver, and he even does look like Buddha, like the uh, the statue of him in the future. Could just be a Buddha statue with him yeah. just like sitting there. And I love that he only says one word in Dawn and one word in this. The word he says in Dawn is run. Like that one hits you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did say that. No, because at the end of the movie, he uses his voice again at the end with Caesar, right? Where he's like, your son will know what who his dad was, right? And I thought that was a yeah. cool moment. I just fucking love Maurice. But this thing with Nova, I thought was really brilliant because you're watching them, right? And as they're writing... And she's kind of hiding behind Maurice. You see Caesar just like this little bitch, mm-hmm. this little motherfucker, right? Like he's probably imagining like, I'm going to fucking break her neck yeah. later, right? He doesn't want her around, right? But then we see these great moments of just this kind of like things that are alive, right? It's like we got to coexist. Like when Luca walks up and Luca looks fucking hard, right? Yeah. Like he's like this big, tough fucking gorilla. And he just reaches up and puts that flower in her ear and he attempts to smile as much as a gorilla can. I was like, to me, that's magic. That's that's the magic of the movie. And then Luca dying and he's like, you know, at least I got to protect Caesar. And she's fucking weeping on the gorilla who showed her one moment of kindness. Just one. Yeah. And she puts the fucking flower back in his ear. And Caesar's watching that. Yes, she is a human who is my sworn enemy. But this human has empathy for my friend who I also love in this moment. She's also mourning him. I think it's this kind of brilliant. Like, we're just, again, we're watching Caesar have to grapple with his own bullshit. Yeah. You know? And I I think that kind of stuff is just next level in this movie. They always seem to find those moments where those little quiet things kind of attack the greater lies of the movie. It's, it's... Each one of these movies is so amazingly self-contained. Mm-hmm. That's um. Uh, do you see now? Now that I now that we've seen them all, the thing that I said when we did the first of the trilogy, and I said this is the most cohesive, well put together, yeah. uh, in my opinion, trilogy of all time. That's why. I, as far as like being planned out, like narratively from start but see, to they end, didn't, but yeah. see, they didn't know that first. They, I don't think they greenlit a sequel before the first one came out. Like, I think what's what to Jay's point, what's fascinating about the sequelization of the of Rise is that they took the time to write these stories so that they 
like Jay said, they're self-contained, but they do honor to the movies that came before it to make sure that like it's an actual cohesive narrative, not just like a sequel for sequel's sake or not just to carry the story forward. Like this carries the story forward in so many different ways and ends the story in such a not not climactic way, but such like a resolute moment of like peace, inner peace, outer peace, all this stuff's happening. Like that I think is the strength of this trilogy overall. And I agree, Jay, like it's, it's nearly flawless in that delivery. There's a big thing that a lot of movie franchises just refuse to do that this movie, that this trilogy pulls off perfectly, which is the last movie didn't happen yesterday or whatever. It's, and now it's five years later, and we begin yeah. a new. T- uh, this or this now is it's years, years in later, the future, and, yeah. we, and we start a new tale. It, you, you really can start from scratch and let the audience assume what happened in the middle. Right. So they so that you aren't bogged down by your last movie, and you can right. just tell a new story. Just opening up dawn with the face paint and the horses and the spears. Yeah. I don't need to watch that them segment is still that. probably my favorite. You need segment. no explanation. You're yeah, just I like, think, cool. Shit's right. been going on. I think though, I would even like say what this franchise does better that puts it in that pantheon with the other great trilogies. It's not narratively, right? So if you look at the narratives, right? Bitchy teenager burns down a city. Okay, cool. Right mm-hmm. now. Uh, dads have disputes over where each other's lawns in. That's part two. Right. All right. Now, grumpy old dads fight to the death, right? Narratively, there's not a lot in this trilogy that even matters to me as far as the plot goes. What this franchise does that is what all franchises need to do is the character journeys from movie to movie are exponentially stronger and better, right? Like, we're really sinking into them as actual characters. And that's what we're following and care about, not as much the machinations of what's happening and where. But over three movies, the the amount of journey we go on with Caesar and with Maurice, right? And humans kind of occupy this one character, right? So we see, like, from the start, Franco to Woody Harrelson. But that character journey is the story of this franchise that I think more franchises need to emulate. It's the fact the that the past movies have changed these characters and us as we go. And that's that. You're right. That's the absolute truth. And this is what you said in the first movie which is this is about heart this is about caesar yeah and the changing the caesar's surroundings and caesar's circumstances but keeping caesar the same man yeah is what makes these so engaging right we watch every movie as he's carrying the fucking weight of everything we've seen he's legitimately like struggling with it still right and so those those moments change it's not like we just restart and it's like oh there's caesar again walking down the street and now we have to restart like an emotional journey from scratch. The emotional journey never stops, right? It's just this fucking like rise to a cliff and then it falls at the end of this one. So I think the character work in a movie that is about these kind of apes that don't talk all the time, right? There's a lot of quiet and stillness with the apes. I think the fact that they get us to care as much as we do is the great achievement of the franchise, right? And by the time we get to this one, right, whatever they were doing with the CG and the bodysuits, I mean, unmatched. If, if Andy Serkis was going to get nominated for one of these movies, this is I think the this one. is the like, most it's, criminal I mean, it's, 
Like this, this is the most this criminal could have been thing. nominated for sure. He's so fucking good in this movie. It's the most criminal thing that they don't nominate him simply because he's quote not on screen. I'm like, how the fuck do you get that performance from a yeah. not actor? Like, get the fuck out of here with that. He absolutely should have been at least nominated for this because it's an unbelievable performance. Well, if they just made this a human-on-human -human war movie and that was just him doing the exact same things he did in this movie, he, won, he 100% would have been nominated. Yeah. A thousand percent. Like, it, it, is, it is a real shame that there are just people that won't appreciate this on the level it deserves. Yeah. The interesting thing is you couldn't have made this movie if it was a human-on-human -human war movie. Um, no, it would be uninteresting. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, what I'm saying is just, just like the, the darkness on both sides and the whatever. Um, war movies, for some reason, always have to have like some sort of moral why it's okay to have a military. Like, yeah. the military is still that awesome. That's why Apocalypse Now rules. Yeah. Because it's just yeah. this guy floating through, man, isn't this bullshit? <laughs> that's the last time we were allowed to do that i mean but it's the Viet, is... it's the vietnam of it all because at that point everyone hated everyone was so against vietnam like that was the value so what's that weird like saving private ryan it's like but they saved mrs ryan's third boy and it's like well they killed two of them and now there's all these other moms that don't have their kids so we can save this one guy all right that seems worth it weird weird was that heroic weird <laughs> no i just dude war movies like always are fucking itchy to me in that way yeah i'm like, like uh, if you're trying to justify why we need these kinds of like land wars for me war movies about like what you're talking about which is like strictly about the fight like stories contained within war movies like three kings jarhead like stories about stuff like that like about the yeah. the human the human element of war itself. That, that, that's worth war watching. fucks you up. Yes. That's but worth even watching. Even Jarhead, like, you know, like, I don't know. Well, his journey early... is that he wanted to kill people and he didn't get to. <laughs> any early 2000s movie, uh, like, while we're still in war in the Middle East. Yeah. About war in the Middle East where, like, we are, our nation has invaded a place. Yeah. Uh, and is like decimating them. All those stories are about how sad the invaders are. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, dude, just imagine this year, Top Gun Maverick was nominated for a best picture. That movie is essentially like, we don't need pilots because drones can kill everyone. And then the pilots are like, no, we can do it. And then for <laughs> no reason, we just go invade a country that we don't even name. No, no named country. Too. In a place where we don't even see their faces or their skins, right? They're all covered in suits, so they're not humans. So we can justify why T. Cruz has got to go blow up their shit yeah. and run away, yeah. right? Like if that is not the most propaganda piece of shit. Oh, it absolutely. And honestly, it's a it's a good movie. It's a well made movie, but yeah, the, the idea and the premise propaganda. of that movie is so fucking childish and asinine. And we just didn't even question it. We're like, oh, it's the Top Gun movie. We literally just went and for no reason invaded a country because they might be making missiles, but then we solve it by shooting our missiles at them first. And at the end, we all cheer on a carrier that we've just committed a massive act of war. <laughs> totally unjustified on, a, on a, a place where we can't even see them because then we might think they're humans and feel bad about what happened. Right. On this era of American warfare, it's, it's an interesting space because like 10 years ago, they would have been Middle Eastern. Um, and then... Oh, for like, sure. 
20 years and this time that, we think they, they been... feel russian russian well, they yeah, been well, russian like 20 years before that they would have been um eastern european but we're at like this little cusp where we're like trying to uh get get to eastern european again but we're not ready we don't have the next we don't have well, the next no, true international we're enemy we're, we're at heads with china but they also need to buy our movie yeah so yeah, we yeah. can't do any of that shit yeah i i mean it's know, it's fucking that's the thing though if your military movie is just asking me to celebrate acts of war i'm uninterested but you know to this point like in the military vein of the movie itself what's fascinating to me and this is something that i always this is what i like totally brings besides like the end scene what brings home the movie is when Caesar goes in to finally like ice the colonel and he walks up this motherfucker. Yes. He walks up and I think this is the thing that I love is he's holding the doll and it's covered in his covered in a nosebleed. And you realize like the colonel, even in this like slowly regressing stupor realizes, Holy shit. It's not because like what we've been talking about is the colonel's like last stand essentially. It's not apes. It's us. That's like, we are the ones who are like, it's like an ape is not infecting people. It's a human. They, they it's have a child's the virus, doll. but it's not mutating mm. in them. Right? right. So they have the base virus, which they already survived. When it hits the human body, that's when it mutates and finds a new right. way to attack it's us. It's us that's killing us. Like, it's a really specific, weird, subtextual metaphor. Not weird, but, like, a subtextual well, that's metaphor. That's why he was killing people and shit, yeah. So cool. Like, it is so hardcore. Well, that moment of him that just kind of, like, he's trying to drink it away. He was looking at the picture of his son, which was on the wall, but now is on the table. Yeah. So now he's, like, probably sinking into that, what have I done? Right? Now me too. He doesn't even make it to his big fight. But that moment when he grabs the gun in Caesar's hand and does the fly, right? Yeah. And just, again, this is why Andy Serkis probably should have been nominated. Watching him go through the entire cycle of, I want to kill this guy, to fuck, I pity to this guy, to holy shit, am I a monster like him, to what is this going to actually change in my life? Like, that whole cycle happens in, like, a one, two-minute, just silent scene. Yeah. You watch that Andy Serkis moment, go through that whole fucking emotional journey. That last moment, that last decision that he makes, I go back and forth on it. Is it, I'm done fighting, it's not worth it, or is it, let this motherfucker rot? No, it's I, let him suffer. Yeah, I think it's. I think he it's, immediately after that picks up grenades and goes yeah. and fights. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's let him suffer. This guy is. This guy deserves rather than I lost my family and I have to live with that. This man has to live with the fact that he is turning into. Yeah, whatever. well, because I think there's a part of Caesar that sees himself and he's like, I will always suffer. Yeah, because of the cost of this the series of this franchise, right? And he just goes, let him sit in it, man. Let him fucking feel miserable like me. Um, because it would have been an act of mercy, right? When he says you have no mercy to the colonel, an act of mercy would have been shooting this guy that he knows doesn't want to live like that, but he doesn't give him mercy. And I don't know if at this point in the movie, Caesar has mercy left in him. No. Right. Like Caesar might just be fucking fully broken because that's the thing. He can escape with his family. The lesson he's already learned in this movie is I should have stayed with them and been there to lead them and protect them and get them to that oasis. Immediately, an hour and a half later in the movie, he gets a chance to do better and make the right choice. He still goes back to kill this one guy 
who's about to fucking die anyways. Right? The war is literally happening. This yeah. massive fucking army's coming in with tanks and copters and all this shit, dude. He's gonna die. Or he knows the disease will get humans eventually. And Caesar refusing to get in that tunnel is so fucking infuriating. Mm. But it's also the most Caesar decision. Yeah. That's just what he does is constantly make bad choices. He puts the world on his shoulders. Yeah. Right. Then he lugs it alone. Yes. It's unfairly. Unlike Atlas, he didn't have to carry that shit. He's like, hey, I got I got it. I'll do it. It's the folly. <laughs> it's the folly of man and ape at that point. Like yeah. he's just doing what yeah. every he thinks that bullet is gonna take away the pain of what he lost, what yeah. he pain he caused and he Every person who can't see clearly past their pain does stuff like this. Like, it's a very, again, I can only keep saying it. It's a very human feeling. It's very human emotion. It's a very human moment in a life. If you are intelligent and you are sentient, this is the world you will live in. Yeah. yeah. We cannot help ourselves. We That's have why. to assign greater meaning to everything. Absolutely. It's an interesting sort of like the the ballsy crazy asshole who started the revolution should never continue to run a government yeah he should be martyred <laughs> yeah. he should be martyred so everyone thinks wow that guy was really smart he knew what he was yeah. doing and then people like maurice run the government yeah so maurice should definitely <laughs> yeah. be in charge maurice for the absolutely should be the lawgiver in kingdom Hell, even way. rocket right like rocket shows true courage in that yeah. moment when he saves nova and he does the cobra like hoo, hoo, hoo. yeah and then <laughs> gets his ass kicked by the the big gorilla Right. And then he's just like, hey, cool. Are you feeling better? Like, let's play in this shit. And you're like, that's the guy right there. Can we talk about Steve Zahn? Bad ape. Oh, dude. How good is Steve Zahn? Honestly, this is incredible that I loved it because this had Jar Jar Binks written all over it. Shouldn't have worked. It really shouldn't have. I agree. This this felt like it's so disruptive to the movie. I honestly forgot the character was in the movie. Yeah. In the first couple seconds, I'm like, oh, no. It's so disruptive to, like, the flow of the movie. And you're like, why are we doing this? But when he goes, Caesar's like, I lost a son. And he's like, I had a son, too. Like, and he has this, again, just the real fucking, like, performance. Every you're like, oh, single this time. Is, and also, it's like he's got no hair. You're like, he was probably traumatized and tortured. Every single time you think Matt Reeves is going to take this off the rails. He, like, yeah. presents you with this oh. weirdness. And you're like... Come on, Matt Reeves, you're better than saying, this. And then also you're like, oh shit, eight, Matt Reeves, you are this good. We should believe in him forever because he landed bad eight. He can this do should, literally whatever he wants. <laughs> Absolutely nothing else. Another thing that bad ape does, it gives Caesar hope that he didn't have before. Caesar doesn't yeah. know. He it, this is the moment that he realizes that that apes woke up all around the world. I don't yeah. think he thought. I that's, don't think he thought that was another them. thing. I agree. Yeah. I don't think he thought anyone other than them were. That's how they're West Coast apes and the original movie apes are East Coast, dude. They're everywhere. That's really funny. Yeah. I, I, that's my new headcanon. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Because well, I mean, that it makes sense, right? That, that makes sense. I thought that was a great addition. And the yeah. East Coast like, this apes is happening ever. think that the bomb had something to do with it. Yeah. Um, but it didn't. They they don't know why they 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 rose up. But I think about this all the time of the like, um, the apes that live in the like Congo, and the culture that's gonna form from uh, apes that became sentient. They like the tribal cultures that are gonna form. Yeah. The amazing. They were never in captivity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
The I think mostly I love bonobos. Do you guys know anything about bonobos? Oh yeah, with the giant oh. fucking noses. No, 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 no. no. Uh, these are like sort of like um, they are like uh, an evolution from chimpanzee. They're slightly different than chimpanzee. They're like um, I've seen the Chicago. The Chicago Zoo has that amazing ape house. I've definitely seen these. Yeah. They're like Neanderthals to us. They're like just that a little bit different. Oh yeah, um, look at these motherfuckers. But and look at them. They have long human-like legs, and they have lips, which is the only humans are and bonobos are the only apes that have lips, and it's because and they have sex facing each other. Sick. Yeah, and they're, they're <laughs> the, the, they are the most peaceful ape. Oh, that they have sex facing each other. What's wrong they, with them? Because they kiss. No, <laughs> they they need the hub. They need to learn new positions. But like they don't fight with each other the way other apes, including us, do. They um, they make love, not war. Literally, if they have um, a conflict, they fuck it up seriously, and they just like have nice. sex and they eat nuts and berries and they chill by the river. And That's I'm just thinking, do it. I I I've always had this thought about them coming to sentience and just having like a peace with nature. I'm just yeah. being this uh, this beautiful, beautiful culture. And then a few hundred years later, and then American, Caesar shows up and fucking um, no, burns it to the ground. A few hundred years later, American apes uh, come over on boats and are just like savages. <laughs> I got it. Sorry, I was I was just looking this. I just looked this up on World Wildlife Fund. Like, what's special about bonobo monkeys? Apes. Their society is also different. Bonobo groups tend to be more peaceful and are led by females. They also maintain relationships and, most importantly, settle conflicts through sex. I'll tell you right yeah. now, That's I would have liked, you right know, there. that would have been a very different plan of the Apes film had we decided to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they do. They settle Almost conflicts through sex. They don't attack each other. Uh, the All right, let's bang the, it out. The, the females are <laughs> likely, you should just watch these videos. <laughs> The females are slightly uh, bigger than the males, and they just yeah. like if the males are getting a little bit uh, uppity or angry or whatever, right. they just shove them until they get frustrated enough to to fuck them. To anger they, bang, nice. Yeah, and then they and then they do, and they and then the and then the females are like, "Feel better now, buddy. Go have a snack." There you go. Have a snack <laughs> so and a cig. You're fine. Caesar should have been better since he had ten wives. Then what the fuck? See, there it is. See, you needed a cigarette right afterwards. That's what's going on. Yeah, Caesar's out there. No... He sees the war happening. He's like, fucking man, still only fights each other. The donkey blowing up Preacher. Ooh. That's one of my favorite moments in the entire franchise. Yeah. That was fucking righteous. The donkey sees the apes getting mowed down. The guy's yelling at him, treating him like shit. Preacher, who's one of the fucking bitch-ass humans that Caesar let go, shot him in the ribs with a crossbow. Yep. Again, re reaffirming that humans can never do good. The donkey fucking wastes him with their grenade launcher, then gets executed. But that moment where he blows him up is fucking righteous. Yeah. I don't know why, but I just am so tickled by the the code names where like eight enemies are Kong, Caesar is King Kong, and the ones that work with you are Donkey Kong. It's just so fun. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> There's a lot of really nice Yeah. It's I like I like those little there are those little things those little details in this movie and all these movies that are just it's pretty they, just, they wanted like, to make this movie yes they wanted to make it feel real it's man. so good and then we still like Caesar like standing on the rock and all the troops turn to see him mm -hmm. it's like what the fuck is wrong with you Caesar stop it then the avalanche right fine 
They make it to the desert climb, which I thought was cool because it make, t- brings it back to the original, right? Yeah. It kind of is that landscape that we remember. I kind of thought Caesar dying would have mattered more to me. I think there's this moment by the end of that movie, he doesn't seem to have it anything left, right? He has just oh, enough no. strength He's to done. lead them there. Agreed. He says goodbye to his son. And just like, he just is fucking done, dude. He's spent. I feel happy for him in that moment. Me too. That's peaceful. Oddly, yes. Like, you're kind of like, oh, thank God moment. for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. He he got them to a better place, he hopes. And I did love the line. He's like, apes, apes strong without Caesar. Yeah. Right? Like, not even apes together strong. Just like, you guys are going to be fine. He saw the heroics of That's the, the completion of, of the narrative. He saw the heroics of Rocket. Right? He believes in Nova, right, as like a good being. Yeah. I think he's like, I can rest, dude. I can finally, like, put this out. Yeah. Even though he's orphaning a kid, but. Also, they definitely enslaved Nova right afterwards, but nevertheless. And then Maurice is like, finally. (laughs) He starts whipping the shit out of Nova. He's like, Gorillas, you work for me. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, Maurice Maurice doing a WWE heel turn five seconds after the movie ends is my favorite new thing. (laughs) So many, so many heroes' journeys do the Christ story. Nobody taps into the Moses story. Yeah. He's the Moses savior. Yeah. And it's almost refreshing. It is. Yeah. Because it's, it's, we don't need to see that narrative over and over again. We've already seen it once. Like to do the Moses story, to lead your people to the promised land is like. Shots fired. What'd you say? I said it's also not that good of a narrative. Shots fired. Oh. We oh, can't boy. write a story with 15 different guys over the course of 300 years and make it a good cohesive story. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, if you're going to base your life on a book, the Bible's probably the worst written of the books. <laughs> Either here or there. It's just not a good read. It's not it's, a good read, guys. No. Read the individual stories. Yeah. In the Old past Testament. the New Testament. The New Testament's real boring. New Testament is government propaganda. That old that Old Testament though. It's all government. It's that like you know hard. who heaven loves? Poor people who don't raise their voice, who do. The, I know your life old sucks government. now, and we're stepping on you. But when you get to the cloud place, we're gonna give up our power for you. Oh sure, you are. <laughs> That's like Maurice. That's a Maurice heel turn. Never mind. I'm not here to fucking shit on the Bible like I do every other episode. <laughs> I'm in for people who like the Bible but don't base their lives on it, right? Like just be an okay person without fucking trying to fuck everything up. Neither here nor there. Right. There's some nice stuff in there. Don't let uh don't let a guy in a funny outfit tell you what it means. Yeah. Well, that's like my wife. My wife is super Christian, but she just is like, it just I want to be a good person, but doesn't feel the need to like yeah. cram it down everyone else's throat. I'm like, that's fine. She married mm. me, probably the most sacrilegious man who exists. We got to do this before we're out of this, right? This is our last episode on our amazing damn dirty April uh, run. Thank you again, Jay. This has been fucking outstanding. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. This is the first one. Oh, absolutely. We're going to already have to find your new franchise, dude. That's how good this is. We got to figure it out. Oh, uh, Paul Verhoeven. All of them. (gasps) (laughs) I will definitely rewatch Starship. Here's here's the question we got to do, though. If we're doing our final rankings... Mm. of all nine holy oh. shit <laughs> i have i have my list you, can, you list. can agree or yeah, disagree i, I have a list, list right here, here. i can't i think we that. can all agree the bottom of the barrel is battle for the planet of the apes 
Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Because War did it better. Yes. War is gone. And then I think I would go Beneath the Planet of the Apes, second worst. I do enjoy it, but yeah, definitely second. It's worst. fun, but it's very disjointed. It doesn't very feel fun, like a but whole also thing. makes no sense. Yeah. All right, third from the bottom, I have Marky Marks. Not a great oh. movie, but some really cool like effect work. Really good cast. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Nope. I'll give you. I think it's. I think it is generically a stronger movie than Beneath in Battle. It's a. It's a movie. It's an actual. Yeah. It's an actual movie that has. It has Tim Tim Roth and Michael Clark it's not Duncan. A good one, but. Paul Giamatti are better than everything yeah. in those other. It movies. has the length of a movie, unlike Battle. So yeah, yeah, and it's uh, and Beneath is not a movie. <laughs> it's not. It's not a movie. Yeah, Beneath was like a rehashing with like a weird like I didn't see that coming. Beneath. Yeah, so I would go. I would go Marky Mark third from the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Right above that, I would go Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Right, right above Marky Mark. This is the thing. They're all good from here. So it yeah, really gets I mean, hard, right? Yeah, like this is the part I would part go that Marky I Mark. Yeah. Then I would go Escape is better than Marky Mark. Better than Rise? Wait, wait, wait. Is what you're saying? Wait, Rise is below Marky Mark? No. Marky okay. Mark, then Rise, then yeah. Escape. Escape is better than Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I was okay. about to bring out the monkey knife fight again. Yeah, are we going to have to do that again? No. For those of you who didn't I think, listen to as Patreon. As everyone who listened, we did plenty of screaming at each other for an entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> again, and I don't dislike that movie. It's written in crayon. It's adorable. <laughs> so then after, then you go from Escape to Dawn is right above Escape for me. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Then I go Conquest. Mm. This is mm. the hard one for me. I'd probably I think then those. I go Original, and then I go War for the Planet of the Apes, number one. I can live with that list. It's hard to put anything above the first one because the yeah. shock value of what that one was. I but I think live... on a filmmaking level, War of the Planet of the Apes is the highest they've achieved. I can live with that list as long as Conquest and Rise are interchangeable. Conquest and Dawn, you mean? Dawn, sorry. Dawn. Con- Conquest is so much better than Dawn. Dawn is you great, so? but Conquest is so much better. I don't know, man. To me, to me it's... Because Conquest is like the perfect like document of this is what makes Planet of the Apes awesome. Dawn sure. spins its wheels a little bit. It gets to play around because we've done all these other movies. It's hard. Okay, to I'll give you Conquest is a fucking like hardened fucking right. Rise runs because Conquest walked. Okay, I can get that. Yeah, it's hard. Dawn. To God damn it! Like I the seventies, the seventies sci-fi, all the seventies sci-fi of it. Like, yeah. it's just it. It lives in this special kind of filmmaking yeah. that's gone. It's just fucking amazing. It's a prison riot movie, right? It's just yeah. this fucking awesome. I mean, I just think that one is so fucking stone cold. And I don't know if we talked about it at the time, but Caesar's haircut in Conquest is this really cool 1970s long hair thing. And he's the first ape in the franchise to have, uh, ape male to have long hair. And it does wavy mullet. Yeah. He went and saw Godspell and he was like, I'm going to do that. I think that list is pretty unassailable. I think it's the hard, can war really be above planet? It's pretty incredible, man. It's pretty fucking incredible. It's this epic fu- final like swan song to this great trilogy. You know why? It, but it's okay. like the impact. You know why of the it can't? One is so fucking huge. You know why is why this is why war couldn't be be a, above the original, is because war is because war is the war is the last of a trilogy. War is informed by all the other movies. 
it has the benefit. So you kind of have to give it up for the original because right. it's the first one out the gate. I don't always think the first one – this is the thing. The I don't first either. one has no, no, no. the I'm not greatest that like, kind of contained sci-fi right. story. But that's what I'm saying though is like it's hard to – I mean, but War is just like – I think War is obviously a better – Yeah. War is a, I mean, a, a better made movie. The performances are better. The like, storyline is more engaging. The first one it had really that hard, shock man. value of like, holy shit, what if you were – human cattle on a planet of apes like that is like an unassailably great like place for a movie to happen or just such a wonder, good job do you guys think because so much of this is um like needs it doesn't like the the emotional parts don't you need the first two movies to care about this movie it also yeah. has so many wonderful easter eggs to the original series so many do you think we were all so blown away by this? Because unlike anybody else who will just pick this up, we just watched every single other Planet of the Apes I movie. mean, 100% oh, 1, for a thousand percent, yes. Doing them in a row makes war better. Yeah. No doubt about it. I just, I think on just like a, an actual like compelling film level, I think, and that's the thing, like I think Empire is better than New Hope, right? It definitely has to stand on New Hope. Yeah. If you watch Empire without the right. knowledge of A New Hope, it's probably not going to be as powerful as it is. Yeah. Right? And I think War is that great example of it. It's standing on the shoulders of a giant, which is the first Planet of the Apes. Culturally, that is one of the most kind of in our 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 pop culture brain science fiction movies ever made. It's fucking righteous. It has this awesome 70s style. Like, everything about that movie I love. This is standing on that shoulder... And just reaching a little higher to me. Yeah. If you if you're a person who's just like you can't have war above planet, I don't. I would not even care to argue that with you. You're absolutely yeah. okay. It's, you're it's, absolutely I mean, you right. could choose whatever you want. You can't have war. Would not be what it is if there was no such thing as conquest of the planet of the apes because okay. because they cared enough to watch those, those. They did. They had to because it's got the same arc. Where like he he is a, a little circus chimp with his with his best friend, um, and then he sees the oppression of the apes, mm -hmm. and he immediately rises up as soon as his as soon as his favorite person is dead. As soon as dad shuts off his credit card, yeah, no. <laughs> as soon as he realizes that I am not <laughs> just because I'm smart and just because I, I'm talking about conquest right now, but like. It's the same story that happened in this trilogy. As soon as you yeah. realize, I am if, not. If I reach back to watch, I'm one, just like them. Yes. If I'm and reaching then, back to what do I want to watch the most, it's Conquest. Yeah. I think the original is this like watershed movie, but I think War reaches the highest on a. So those are like kind of my top three are those. Yeah. It's I would rewatch Conquest over any of these movies any day. I don't think it's the best Planet of the Apes movie though. But you know this I mean? trilogy is what happens without studio oversight. Yeah. This is right. what and you, can you have. honestly like it, I mean, they just clearly love Planet of the Apes movie. Yeah. Cause it, it does, while they're so different, it still feels like it could possibly fit in. Right? This could be the first time the alpha timeline before Cornelius and Zira come back. Right. Because that's like the one disconnect. Is escape doesn't feel like it fits in with these. But if this movie happens, 
and then they come back and start this kind of like loop maybe it all feels like it plays nice together which i think is really fun about this franchise it's it's a journey man it is really like now that we've watched them all back to back i gotta tell you it is like it's probably the most even with the two separate series essentially within the series of movies it's just this really fascinating journey not even from like a not even like from a production standpoint but just like storytelling and like building on the last one like you know the original series tries it a couple of times and i think you know you're just in a situation where you don't have a big budget and you don't know how to convince people to go sit down and watch a movie about the planet of the apes unless they really want to watch it i think what's awesome about the new trilogy is we've had years to watch the planet of the apes movies and years of people like us going I wonder if there'd be another like way to make a good Planet of the Apes movie. And then mm. we've got it, and we're like, holy shit, there absolutely is a way to build this one and make it move forward. Like It's yeah. incredible. There's an epic trilogy there. The original is an absolute victory of yeah. kind of serialized storytelling, but it still works together. Right. Like The fact that they just did such weird leaps between movies, so it always felt fresh and the same. Right, I, I I just think if you're looking at franchises as like most quality entries, like movie for movie, I mean this ranks up there with anything. Right? Can we speculate on Kingdom just one last time? Ah uh, man, I is Matt Reeves doing Kingdom? No, he's doing the Batman. Man, he's he's, he's busy. I'll say this after no, watching who's, War. Who's the asshole who's gonna? I'm really. I'm out. much less excited for Kingdom. Because it feels like we really like ran to the end. So now they got to do something that's not Caesar. Wes Ball is the director. Well, but the, but that's why that's it, it can it'll do it again because we are going to start fresh and it's going to be like you you know because we've done that. The first later. one was you know kind of Cornelius and Zira and Taylor, right? Doctor Zayas. Then we had Mark Wahlberg's was kind of like this in between, and then we did the Caesar trilogy. So it just it feels like it's going to be hard to get back to that level. But yeah, this is a franchise the that has almost always got it right. Yeah. All right, it so this the is the it won't be the same, but it could. It, well, now it's part of a Disney movie, a right? Completely like fresh start. Yeah, so this is Disney the do, this is the synopsis. This is the like this is the premise. Okay. from Wikipedia, years after the events of War of the Planet of the Apes, obviously. Many ape clans have emerged in the oasis where Caesar led his fellow apes to, while humans have regressed into a feral state. We already know all this. One ape leader perverts the teachings of Caesar to enslave other clans in search of the last traces of a secret human technology, while another ape embarks on a journey to find freedom side by side of a young girl. Secret oh, human. Oh, dude, technology. they're doing beneath. They're doing, they doing beneath. beneath. They're doing beneath. We... Boom. They're doing beneath. <laughs> Woody Harrelson is just going to be... I don't remember if I already said this, but I think it it really easily flows that if one strain of the virus makes you less intelligent, another one can heighten your abilities and make give you psychic powers. Sure, why not? And so uh, you could do this. This one's going to be hard because I know Dan Dino's like mantra is I don't care about the humans. If you don't have humans and apes, you're no, kind no, of you losing those important 
you need them point. both to play off each other so that you don't give a shit about the humans enough to enjoy this like we've never eight, had eight one characters. that doesn't have like sentient humans on some level this yeah. would be the first one where they're all feral yeah and it's 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 eight or are eight they plan. We're just done. And that's what I mean. Are they going to really do like the opening of Dawn and really commit to that like quiet, introspective movie? I worry that it's not that it's the only character into the Fox umbrella or the the Disney umbrella. The only character announced is somebody playing Cornelius, the son of Caesar. Right. So we're we're now following Cornelius' story. I mean, uh, I don't know. I I would have hope. Like, I'll for sure be there opening weekend. I'll have hope. Of course. I'll watch it. Yeah, and we'll have like whatever, like twenty-five-year-old Nova, yeah, be in the house pet. Yeah, something like that. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think this maybe she's the young girl. This franchise has earned the benefit of the doubt from me. Agreed. The biggest bummer is that we did do all of these. We did record all of these in order. Except we've been putting off Marky Mark, so we haven't done that one yet. And the and the the uh, this isn't like the last big recording where we're like, how fucking great was all this? The last one is gonna be like this little oh god, oh Mark. It is oh kind of a god, step. Why up. is he Abraham Lincoln? This is Abraham exactly why Lincoln. we're this Dude, is exactly honestly, why I we're doing this commentary. I think that movie's so much more maligned than it should be, though. I agree. Yeah. That's a perfectly a... fine movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if but... you look at the grand scheme of, like, shit you've gone to see at the theater, that's a perfectly fine and acceptable movie. Yeah. You know, I actually liked it. I was a child, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a disastrous first date on that movie. But other than that, it was great. But we'll talk about it. That's it for Damn Dirty April. God damn, has it been amazing. Well, so awesome. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Thank Jay. Thank you, Jay. We'll bring Thank Jay you. back for another franchise. We'll, we've got oh, yeah. a lot of good franchises to cover still. Yeah. So we'll I, uh, bring I Jay this, back. This is the first one I recorded where I have listened to another episode. And I got to say, that first one, I didn't, you know, know how to do podcasts. Not that I do now, but I'm better You're a at seasoned it. pro now. Seasoned I pro, let, in my opinion. You know, I, I let other people talk a little bit. <laughs> oh like, alex and i never do that so it's yeah, <laughs> this is like the key component of the pod because i was just like oh my god this is that like was a everybody's really got McConaughey. Jay to do a, a, a no an impression shit is in like all i only shit. cut out things that make me seem stupid and that happens very rarely so you're fine <laughs> sure <it does. laughs> all right guys these we'll pods see you, usually uh, last three hours griffey cuts them down to an hour because that's no. how many stupid things he says well because i can't <laughs> spill all of my best beans in one one field but well here's uh, what I next think month about you. listen here's what i think about you griffey cut. is great i love griffey yeah there we okay. go there we go all i wanted from this last one honestly Perfect. was for you to come on bended knee and say i was right about rays when you guys both brutally attacked me for no reason nobody we don't have to relitigate two weeks from now you're going to hear the episode and be like damn Griff was right. We were unfairly. However, the him. only way you're going to hear about it is if you sign up for our Patreon. So. I'm Caesar and you guys were donkeys unfairly beating me and chaining me to crosses, even though I was right. Well, neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. Uh, next month, we are covering early films from all of our friends that won Academy Awards this year for acting. So next month, we have uh, School Ties, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, True Lies, and The Temple of Doom. So that's going to be a really fun uh, curation next month. So join us then. Make sure to go support on patreon.com slash foam alchemist pod 
to make sure you got all of the apes movies and to get the awesome stuff uh coming down the pipe next month thank you again jay tell the people where to find your stuff at jay rollins art on uh the socials that's right go find jay guys thank you so much we hope you enjoyed the planet of the apes as much as we did bye bye (laughs) Ha <laughs>